allow yourself to be human. You are allowed to have emotions. Nothing's gone wrong. Create space and care for yourself. And one of the biggest sources of pain in our life is arguing with what is. We can't argue with what is. Arguing with it doesn't help it. It exhausts you. It tires you. It drains you. It disempowers you. We're arguing with things that we can't change. So those would be the three things I would say. Give space for your emotions. Take care of yourself. And like when your brain wants to argue with what is, know that it's going to cost you your energy, your exhaustion, and really try and redirect it to this is what it is. We don't need to go to like, this is amazing and everything's fine. Things aren't always amazing. That's never been the deal in life. I have a podcast episode called 100 Bad Days, teaching this notion of the deal with life is not to be happy all the time. So nothing's gone wrong if we're not happy all the time. So those would be the three things. And I really, for anyone listening, write them down and apply them because it's very easy to listen to a podcast and be like, that makes sense. Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said, heck yes, to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm among the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Sabrina. Welcome to another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today, we have the honor of having Vicky Luis here. Hi, Vicky. Hello. So happy to be here. Awesome. So Vicky is a coach, and she coaches clients to get more things done in 50% of the time by mastering your anxiety and procrastination. Such big and relevant topic. And she graduated (laughs) from London School of Economics and worked in financial and tech until 2016 when she launched her first coaching program. She has now coached hundreds of clients and they are all over the world. And she hosts a podcast as well. So check her out. It's called F Anxiety and Get Shut Down Podcast. And I believe that she will be such a great resource for us today. Thank you. Thanks so much. So Vicky, tell us a little bit about you from going into economic and getting in tech, which is also a huge, big world. How did you transition into helping people to stop that anxiety and procrastination? Yeah, I think I'd always wanted to help people. I just didn't even know about coaching as a career. And I just, I was good at math. So I did economics and it was really like very simple decisions because it was so young in England when we're making career decisions. It's really from the age of like 15, 16. So that's when I was like, I'm going to focus on maths and economics. And I always wanted to help people. So I went from analyst to sales. That was like my journey because I wanted to work more with people. 
And then fast forward a few years and relocating in a few places all over the world. And I came across life coaching and I was like, wait, what is this? I loved it. And I decided to leave corporate and go into coaching. And then when I was doing that, I also ended up co-founding a tech company (laughs) and very much was like a do all the things I can do everything person. And I ended up having lots of anxiety. I'd never had it before in my life. I didn't even know what it was. I was waking up in the mornings into like my thoughts spiraling into sweat, into like shortness of breath and a weight on my chest. And it happened every day for two weeks until my husband was like, I think something's going on. And I started to ask friends and someone told me that's anxiety, which was so interesting because I'd literally turned clients away that came to me for help with anxiety because I'd read, we need to go see a doctor, you need medication, like coaching can't help you. This is a few years ago. And here I was in that two weeks, I'd been able to wake up into anxiety and panic and then calm it down and get on with my day. And so I was so glad I had that experience. So I knew that I could still get things done with it. And that's when I started to do my research on Google and everything I read was so disempowering. It was like this disorder, this struggle, all of this stuff. And I was like, what if it's not? What if anxiety is normal? And in fact, a statistic I came across across. Obviously, I'm a statistics geek. And it said one in four American adults will suffer from an anxiety disorder at some point in their life. And I was like, 25% of a population size of at least 100 million people is not a disorder. It's a trend. Why does that trend exist? And that's when I really started to focus on reframing how we see anxiety, reframing how we see procrastination and understanding our human brain so that we can accomplish more in less time without all the self-judgment, all the self-criticism. That's so well said. And thank you for sharing that vulnerability from your side. And Mm. when a lot of people who are not in medicine, not like our audience, and people who sometimes even felt like, well, it's just the normal part of us to feel that like, oh, I got something to do. Oh, maybe I'm forgetting. Let me get up right now to do that. Or feeling like you're always playing catch up. But from what you're describing, you're having these panic attacks on a daily basis and become too much until your husband even recognize, "Uh, it seems like you needed to do something else. Now, even people who are in healthcare, beyond just a normal population, we also know statistics show that there's a lot of people who are experiencing stress, work-related, and burnout. And some of them are not exactly burnout, but moral injuries. And I'm thankful for you to really be someone who thought about, it's not the right place for me. There are more to that. And plenty of people are able to enjoy their life, enjoy their career, and not having to get into trapped into these physiological and mental burdens. And then thank you for showing up that way. So once you started that journey, how has it been? It's been amazing. I became the voice that I was looking for. And a lot of the feedback I hear from people all over the world about my podcast and how it's changed their life. Someone told me like the first 10 episodes did more for them than three years in therapy. And I really think that there was a voice missing speaking about it in like simple, practical, actionable ways with a goal of like empowering people because of their human brain, not guilting them or telling them that there's something wrong or broken or needs to be fixed. So it was amazing in terms of like the podcast. And then, yeah, I think same with my business. I love working with people all over the world. 
I just think we're never taught in school about our evolution in terms of even our brain, not complicated stuff, but things like our brain releases these hormones when it thinks we're in danger because those hormones allow us to run for faster, longer and feel less pain and be on more alert, which was really useful when that danger was like a predator. And it's just not useful when that danger is sending an email to the wrong person. So we make it mean that there's something wrong with us, even though that mechanism has evolved through like 40,000 years. So just things like that. I love teaching people a little bit of the science and also actionable steps for how to move away from their brain's programming into how they want it to be programmed. Yeah, I mean, my practice is full. I'm about to launch groups. I think this work really speaks to people and I absolutely adore doing it. That's amazing. Definitely one of the misconceptions many people say, we're just here to support, but your support quote unquote, it's just talking about the problem and then agitating the problem. You're putting people more in a negative state and it's actually now allowing them to do and to move forward in life. And sometimes therapy is that way. They're trained to listen. They're trained to get your thought out. But if we don't have actionable steps and it has to be small, achievable, measurable, Otherwise, of course, we're going to procrastinate. If the goal is too big, if it feels like so unreachable and really just a dream, it's never going to happen. So for sure, having these things as what Vicky is showing and bigger names like Darren Hardy, which talking about the compound effect and for everything that also what I believe in was very alignment with Vicky is that what does that mean that you've already been doing that works for you? How can we pivot into something that actually elevate you and not criticize and judge ourselves? And at the end of the day, we have a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors. We don't even recognizing that. And then we feel like, oh, if you beat yourself down and you're actually going to do more, and that's not good. You're just leaving all these scars all over your body. Yeah, I did a podcast episode on this exact thing, how we can't hate ourselves into taking positive action because as we like talk down to ourselves, it's kind of like we don't respond well when someone tells you what to do. If they do it from a place of not liking you and they're like, well, will you open the door? You're going to be like, no, I'm not going to open the door. You were just rude to me. So we have that argument in our own brain where we're being rude to ourselves and then asking ourselves to make good decisions for us. And we're like, I'm not going to make good decisions for you. You're not worthy or not good enough. And then on the flip side, we then rebel against any decisions. Because if you feel like someone is trying to control your life that you don't respect, you then don't follow through on what they say. So we end up on the one hand, making terrible decisions for ourselves, exactly like you said. So some people will come to me and say, I've got 20 things that I need to get done today. I'm like, why would you set yourself 20 things to get done in a day? You are setting yourself up for failure. It's just not a kind decision. And then when it comes up, not only is there overwhelm, there's also a rebellion of like, I don't want to do it anyway. I shouldn't have to do all of this. It's like you'd never have to do it. You just decided that you would. And that's the kind of mechanism that I help people solve. We're making decisions from a place of hustle and need and not self-care. And then we're rebelling against them. And then we don't get things done. And we build a story that we aren't capable of achieving things. So we're not capable of achieving our goals. And that chips away our confidence and keeps us playing small. And my big thing is I want to help people get over their brain's drama and their brain's faulty mechanisms, not faulty, but could be improved systems so that they can go out and do amazing things in the world. Because we need people to do amazing things in the world, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Because at the end of the day, we are all amazing at something. Your amazingness, your shine, your crystal is different from someone else. We might be very similar in our perspective or our belief system based on your religious belief, how you grow up, which culture you came from. But you're very unique in the way that you brought up, in the way that you interpret your own thoughts or other people's thoughts. And that's okay. We just have to own up to that. Just like Brittany Brown saying, if we belong to ourselves, then we belong everywhere. It's not about seeking that external, oh, I need someone to help me with this, or I need someone to validate me. And therefore, I feel valued. Therefore, if I can accomplish all these 20 things for someone else, and then they actually truly see me for who I am. Instead, actually, all the 20 stuff, do all of them going to move needle? Do all of them going to be aligned with who you are, who you wanted to be in as a person? And that's amazing how sometimes we don't have enough positive self-dialogue and we're just really quickly reacting to the negative things. Yes, our brain is obsessed with the negative. We all have like a negativity bias and it used to keep us alive and be really helpful to be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't eat this berry. It might be poisonous. And now we just spin in the worst case scenario and looking for the worst in ourselves and looking for the worst in everyone else and all of this spiraling. And then the worst part of that is then we judge ourselves as though that shouldn't be happening because we just aren't aware of how the brain evolved to make these judgments and to have this negativity bias, for example. So right, you're so on the spot. So what do you think would be something that some people recognize? Oh, I do procrastinate. And what would be something that they can do once they actually recognize that is one of their bad behavior? Yeah. And I wouldn't even say it's a bad behavior. I would just say it is just a thing that our brains do. But if you are procrastinating and you want to do something, I would really say recognize that there's like one of three reasons why we procrastinate always. And it's because of our story about ourselves. So a lot of people come to me and they're like, I'm just a procrastinator. It's who I am. So the way we describe ourselves gives us permission for how we show up in the world. So it's either how we describe ourselves, it's our thoughts about the task at hand. So if we're like, this is too hard, or this is really boring, or things like that, then it's going to cause us to procrastinate, obviously. And the third is our thoughts about the people involved. So it could be my boss doesn't respect me anyway, my partner doesn't care anyway, whatever it might be. And so really, once you recognize that you're procrastinating, take that minute to think, why? Which one of these is it? And then you know what solution to look for, because those are three different problems and three different solutions. So for example, if it's like, I'm a procrastinator, that's just who I am. And that's like the self-concept. The work that I would do with a client is pull out examples of where they aren't procrastinating, of where they are getting things done. Because it's not true that we procrastinate on all the things. So they could procrastinate on their job stuff, but they're really on top of keeping the house organized. So we start to like bend and break the story that they have about themselves so they can have the story that they want that's going to get them the results that they want. That's so right on the spot. What are you telling yourself with the decision you're making or the thought process? Now, I think I still identify that as a behavior. The behavior itself is not who you are. It's just what you happen to do. And therefore, when you take that away from you, the person, it belongs to you. It's just simply action. Then we can change the action. Just like what Vicky is saying, you can change your thought. Like you are doing something else that you keep yourself on track very well. 
how can you apply the same concept in these other areas that are important to you, but you're not able to do us quickly or get things done us efficiently? So that's really a cool thing that you brought up. What are some other typical questions that your clients always come to you for? Like one of the biggest concerns they have. So the typical areas that tend to come underneath anxiety procrastination are people pleasing, perfectionism, indecision, fear of failure. One of the interesting things I was coaching two clients on today actually was in terms of decision making, we have this belief that there's like a right and wrong decision. And it ties in with perfectionism because we want to make the perfect decision. And really at the start line of anything, like we're going to make the wrong decision because we don't know anything. It's like when I think about my career as an example, the start line, I think when I was very young, I decided I was going to be a tax advisor because I was good at maths and someone told me to do it. And then when I was 16, I did work experience and I realized I didn't want to do it. But like really, then I just went through a series of thinking I knew what I wanted, deciding and really believing it was going to be forever, but it wasn't. And as I was in the workforce and as I was in the marketplace and as I grew and evolved and got more in touch with myself, I figured out exactly what I wanted to do. So a lot of people sit in indecision out of fear of making the wrong choice. And it's really a matter of owning that you are going to make the wrong choice on your way to the right choice. And that shows up in careers, in relationships, in health, in where you want to live and how you want to spend your mornings in all the ways. So that would be a really good tip that I would give to people. And it is a question that I get asked a lot, like, how do I know if I'm making the right choice? Yeah, that's so right. Because what I also interpret is we're going to have to make different decisions because in decision, you're not moving, you're staying still. And if you want life to be better or just new, and that means something got to change. And this change is really just a phase of your life. It doesn't define you. It's just what you can do and learn. Once you move past this era, whether it's something that you thought could be perfect, right, quote unquote, versus something that is not us what you expected and not what you wanted to go, but it's still an era where you can learn something. And therefore that is the stepping stone for you to go somewhere else in life. And at the end of the day, really it's no right or wrong choice. It's just a choice that we made and we live with it and we figure out how it can make us better in the next step. I really teach my clients to like fail their way to success. The most successful people really are people that have failed the most. Michael Jordan even has a quote and he's like, basically I fail more than anyone and that's why I'm so good. Right. The failure is not technically negative at all. It just something happened. That's just the result it turned out. And if we keep going, if we keep being resourceful and finding different ways, then you actually never fail. You're just simply had a hiccups along the way until you get to the place where you're meant to go. So what are something else that you really highlight and you think everyone should really need to know this when you consider yourself someone who are professional, who especially people in the healthcare arena, now pandemic does put a lot of them into our own mency because now many people are in the front line, seeing these people being really sick and sometimes in the ICU, really helpless. They're just treating the symptom and maintaining versus there are other people who are getting better. So you still have that stress and that makes you sometimes don't even want to go into work and to continue to receive that 
impact because you're taking things too personally in a way. So that can be a way of stress and anxiety. How would you advise people to come out of that state? Yeah, I have a client who works in healthcare and I was coaching her and she lost someone to COVID and she said he was healthy, like he was older, but he was healthy and she had all the emotions around it. And really allow yourself to be human. You are allowed to have emotions. Nothing's gone wrong. Create space and care for yourself. And one of the biggest sources of pain in our life is arguing with what is. We can't argue with what is. Arguing with it doesn't help it. It exhausts you. It tires you. It drains you. It disempowers you. We're arguing with things that we can't change. So those would be the three things I would say. Give space for your emotions. Take care of yourself. And like when your brain wants to argue with what is, know that it's going to cost you your energy, your exhaustion, and really try and redirect it to this is what it is. We don't need to go to like, this is amazing and everything's fine. Things aren't always amazing. That's never been the deal in life. I have a podcast episode called 100 Bad Days, teaching this notion of the deal with life is not to be happy all the time. So nothing's gone wrong if we're not happy all the time. So those would be the three things. And I really, for anyone listening, write them down and apply them because it's very easy to listen to a podcast and be like, that makes sense. But really doing that on a regular basis is going to be super helpful. Yeah, that is true. We have so much information out there, but at the end of the day, we just need to take a few of them and plan it into your day. And then you can repeatedly do them because then Mm -hmm. you become a master of these skills and truly help you to grow instead of trying hundred different things and you haven't really worked enough on each of them, and therefore you don't see the result that it could be. And so write down those ideas that Vicky shared with you. It's not about fighting with yourself and make things seem like la-la land. We can't always live in a bubble. Nothing is always going to be perfect. Doesn't matter how much you wanted to control the situation, how many plans and calculations you wanted to do in life, because nothing is exactly the same. But what we can do is what Vicky suggested different way to look at things, different way to feel yourself, honor that emotion that you felt, whether it is sad, whether it is angry, but you don't have to attach yourself to those emotions. And it's so lovely for her to share all her wisdom with us. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people wanting to hear more from you. So how would people get in touch with you? The best place to start is my podcast. If you just search F asterisk CK anxiety, and then it will come up and get SH asterisk T done. That's the first place to start. You could also go to my website, which is just vickilouise.com, V-I-K-K-I-L-O-U-I-S-E. And also on Instagram at vickilouise underscore, underscore, underscore. Yeah, that's so exciting. So everyone... Thank you for listening in. I appreciate all you guys for taking the time, really thinking about yourself. And when we honor ourselves, when we can positively influence our own mind, our own body, of course, then we can give the best of ourselves, not what's left over of us to other people, especially all you guys in healthcare. We know we can't just pour everything out. Uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't take an advanced degree to tell you what you can do for yourself to be the best person for others. And for anybody who loved this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to hear from you and share. Of course, sharing is loving. And go find Vicky on her podcast as well and connect with her. 
Thank you, everyone, and thanks, Vicky, for being with us. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life. Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside the private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate, where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have, and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate, where you no longer working on any mundane work, and truly focusing. On the things that matter, you can be both powerful and passionate, where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate, where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me, and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate. <laughs>